Welcome to Totally Blitz Podcast. We going to Mexico to talk UFC Fight Night Moreno versus Royval 2, a.k.a. UFC Mexico. We're back there. Last year was a huge success. Why not run it back this year? Wish they would have saved it for May for like a Cinco de Mayo card type shit, but everybody, probably they know Canelo fights on Cinco de Mayo. They can't, they can't do all that. But, I mean, it's going to be electric. Mexico loves the fights. So it's going to be a good card. As always, before we hop into this, talk this shit. As, like, subscribe, comment your picks, comment what y'all think, who's going to win these fights. And as always, I'm Paul. Pick on win on Concha, and I'm joined with. Man, you already know it's your boy, Kev Waterboy, it's your boy. And we. Hey, be my mate, though, man. Come on, man. I'm bad. My speaker was supposed to be out. I don't know what the fuck happened. But, uh, but be my Mexico, man. This is, oh, you know how I love my Mexican fighters, dog. And we got some hitters out here now. You know Brandon Moreno coming back. He coming back. He wants that belt again. Probably be one of the first ever three-time flyweight champions. Fuck it. Fuck so, it. Yeah. Yeah. We got nothing but love for the UFC Mexico card. What fight we talking first, big homie? We got to talk your boy Raul Rosas Jr. taking on Ricky Turkulos. I mean, as always, Raul is a big favorite. But I will say Ricky's been around for a little bit. He's a little bit more of a seasoned vet, so it's not like he's not just firing a trash can. Like he's firing somebody who, who been there, done that. And if he is too young still and still developing, Ricky probably will expose it. But in all actuality, I mean. We're in Mexico. It's fucking UFC's favorite Mexican prospect. The fuck do y'all think is gonna happen? Nah, Raul. I mean, just look like he's been putting on some weight. He looks like he's been getting a little muscle on him. I'm not gonna lie. He's like, hey, bro, I'm not filling out that body. He's he was still young. He's developing. Like boxers that get broader as they get older have to go up the divisions. Like Raul's only getting bigger. Yeah, that boy said he's coming through. So like. He's doing the Alex Paeta. Remember, I remember Alex Paeta was explaining why he went up from um light from middleweight to um light heavyweight. He was like, I I I get thicker every every training camp. I get thicker, and I was just like, I hate you, motherfuckers. That made perfect sense in y'all head. But uh, but nah. So I'm been looking forward to this one. I think he's just gonna do his thing. He's probably gonna wrestle his ass off. It'd be nice to see him throw some hands so that he's getting his hands right and continue developing. But the Rahul Rosas train starts up again, and we starting in Mexico. Yeah, and uh, I mean, he's a minus two thirty five money line. To me, I think there's a fight that's premiered for him to win. I'm not trying to say Ricky's bad. He's three and one in the UFC, but three of those fights are all split decisions. It's not like he's really winning these fights for real, for real. Um, you can argue the other guys won some of them. So I did the minus two thirty five. To me, this is the foundation of a lot of parlays. I said it last week with Amanda Limos and um, Robert Whitaker. I was like, those two are my foundation pieces for all my parlays because I just felt like they they had the biggest shot to win. I don't care what the money line said, and that's on film. Raul at minus two thirty five. You pair that with something else, you're in the plus odds. Now you now you cooking something. Ooh, that boy Paul just gave us free betting dollars. You heard that? 
And uh, I would actually pair it with his, the fight we're talking next with Daniel Zellhupper taking on Francisco Prado. You'll see the, the um, Zellhupper 14 and 1, Prado 12 and 1. You're like, oh, this might be a close fight. Nah, like Zellhupper's for a lightweight. He's six foot one, got a 77 inch reach. Jit can submit you. He knows how to use the distance. He uses his legs a lot. He's a switch stance fighter, very fluid with everything. Like he's he looks like a legit fighter. He's just so big, like he's so tall, lengthy, and he can uh has a good decent ground game. And Prado is twelve and one, and he lost to Jamie Malarkey when he came into the UFC. Jamie Malarkey has since then only won like one other fight. He's not a good fighter to put in perspective. Like I don't think Prado's legit. Like twelve and one, he was getting in the Samurai Fight House was the name where he was championing at prior to coming to the UFC. Not Wait, how did he come how did he come? Did he go through like Dana White or something like contender series or like Road to Glory? No, he like, he was the champion on Samurai Fight Club, had like three one be first off in that lower bracket of fighting, he had nothing but straight finishes. Uh three uh four five KOs and six submissions. Uh was kind of going through people. But these are like I said, these are not high-level guys. The 12 and 1 is kind of padded, and we kind of noticed that when he took on Jamie Malarkey. And that's and Jamie Malarkey's not a good UFC fighter. So that's why I think Del Hupper minus 275 is the other foundation parlay piece. It's like, okay, were you giving me anything under minus 300? Like, that's a steal for me with Del Hupper. He's going to – it's in Mexico with two Mexicans. You know what it is. They're pushing their boys. You know how it goes. We done seen them do it before. And they're going to do it again. Uh, but then we really get into the, the meat and potatoes of this card. It's a top heavy with the co-main and main event. Yair Rodriguez rematching Brian Ortega. We all know what happened at UFC Long Island uh, last year, or maybe the year before. I think it was last year. Ortega gets the takedown. Yair got his arm. Brian Ortega tries to get it out. It's arm dislocated submission win for Yair. It was very controversial. I was big on Ortega. I was I had the T City shit going on in the back. I had to I was about that. It wasn't a good look, but here we are. Fast forward, rematch is happening, no excuses. Pick 'em odds. Yair's slight favorite or take a slight underdog. I don't know who you took in this fight originally. I think you took Ortega as well. I wanna know has your has your thought changed or have you or you or has Yair always been your boy? I think Yair's cool. I think I only picked him once though. I don't think I picked him against Josh Emmett. No, I did pick him against Josh Emmett because I wasn't a big Josh Emmett fan until he knocked out Bryce. So yeah, he's cool and all that, but is this T-City's first fight since then? Yeah, since 2022 July. So nearly a year, uh, oh, a year, nearly about a year and a half of layoff. Bro, I could be tripping, but I think I seen a meme where it was like, Brian Ortega's last win was when Ilya Tapuria was 1-0 or some shit like that. Yeah, his last win is October 17, 2020. Yeah. It's a zombie. Oh. Hmm. Uh, and the Brian Taker, and also a lot of people have been coming at him too because he has been active and just they're like, this guy, like, 
his wins, like yeah, good wins over Frankie Edgar, Cup Swanson, all that, but it's like then he got kind of brutalized by Max Holloway. Volkanovski beat him, and then Yair lost as well. And his like the, his ranking hasn't really moved. He's always been like ranked three or four still, and a lot of people think- are quitting him for that because it's like this guy is the the most un like undeserving top five ranking there is. Like he he's this and that. And I was like, I don't know how to feel because they have solid points, but also Ortega's my guy. And these are solid points, but niggas forget who these people were when he lost them. Like, Matt Collier was a champion. Volk was a champion, and he got him twice. This close. It was there. They were like, this is the only person that even came this close to knocking off Volkanovski. That was the big, that was his marquee thing for a little while. Literally. And then we're over here waiting for that rematch and shit. And then he fights Yair, and then he fucking pulls this shit out. So I, I can see why they didn't do nothing about it. It's the same way that like John Jones was like number one pound for pound forever, even though like he wasn't fighting and shit like that. Even though, like right now type shit, even, yeah. like, I think Islam one. But um, that's what it is, man. Like you can't even like trip on Brian Ortega. But I think I might have Yair on this one just because you know how I feel that you don't get better at activity. Yeah, when you don't do it. And that's a long time. And a, and it's literally, you're picking up back where you left off. So, like, it's not like you had to change your game plan too much or nothing like that. But Yair's had some championship experience now. This nigga beat Josh Emmett, sub Josh Emmett. And he got knocked out by both, but he understands what, like, five rounds look like. No, he doesn't. But um, he knows what it is to prep for a five-round camp and all that good stuff. So does Brian Ortega. But, like, yeah, he has matured since then, and I think he's gonna show it in this fight. Yeah, I'm honestly rocking out with Ortega out of good faith, hoping he's still the same guy that he was, and like the hype I had for him going into the fight. Because I was like, Yair isn't someone as a very technical striker, which will probably give him a little bit of trouble on defeat. But he also doesn't throw. Like I feel like Max Holloway, someone that's just gonna piece you apart, is not the best matchup for it. Or Brian Ortega, because then he has no shot of getting you to the ground. He's you're you're just gonna keep piecing him up, volume, footwork, nothing to just tee off on him. Whereas Yair, I think, will allow some openings because of his wild shit, and it's a little bit less having to worry. You can come in with your head down a little bit more because you're not getting hit with a three, four, five, six, seven piece, and now the guy's behind you. It's like I think we. I just hope Ortega can get it to the mat. And I think that'll be the difference. And that's what I'll be rooting for. And I'm taking Ortega as a dog. I'm not changing my pick. I respect him. I don't know. I feel like Yair is nice enough on the bottom to make it a problem, too. He is. I mean, Yair, I mean, people forget, like, it was a Yair win, but, like, Ortega did get him to the mat, like, first round early. And yeah. Then it was the pop. and But, like, prior to that, like, it was, that was perfect for Ortega. Like, okay, game plan's working. Like, he got him to the mat. Given, it was just a minute, so or a minute or two minutes. It wasn't much. But, I mean, all those what-ifs will be answered come Saturday night. So, I yeah. can't. That was it. It was um, – because that was one thing I felt like that was a prior thing. Like, it wasn't something that just happened right there. Like, you might have tweaked it earlier and then fought with it and ended up breaking it. We got to talk main event. I mean, we got one rematch to another rematch. Brandon Moreno taking on Brandon Roy Ball, the Battle of the Brandons. Oh, it's no. going to be kind of crazy, though, because this rematch wasn't as 
controversial. I mean, this fight wasn't as controversial when they first fought, like how the Yair one was. Uh, Brandon Wivard took him down, showed him some BJJ lessons, and then knocked him out with the on top uh, ground game, top damage, all that. But it was a good fight. Wait, Moreno got beat by Roy Ball? No, Bo- Roy, uh, Moreno beat Roy Ball. Like, he took him down a couple oh. times from top, was laying some shots, didn't couldn't defend himself. Fight gets called. Doctor, not the but TKO finish from top. Uh, brand and, and it was in the first round. It was pretty quick, concise. Wasn't no question marks after that fight. Roy Ball, I think, since then has claimed that he was injured going into that fight. Maybe a shoulder. Maybe it was something that he couldn't do much on the ground. And Roy Ball excels at the ground. So is Moreno. So like, it was kind of hard to tell if he's bullshitting or not. Or if Moreno really was just better than him on the ground. I mean, again, um, these questions will be answered, but Moreno is a pretty one of the bigger favorites on this whole card. Minus three hundred. Yeah, Moreno oh, minus three hundred. Uh, Roy Ball plus two forty five. So, like, if you're feeling the Roy Ball train, go put some money down on him. Get some nice, nice odds on him. I respect it. I'm not mad at um. I'm not mad at um. Roy Ball, but I'm definitely taking Moreno for sure. I'm expecting a rinse and repeat on this one. Yeah, I got Moreno here. Like Pantoja might just have Moreno's number, but like, like I, Roy Ball's really good. I hate, I hate it because like he had like he climbed up, took some losses, and like rebuilt himself and climbed up again. And that you don't see that from a lot of people. And I kind of want him to get a shot at the title and get that rematch for Pantoja as well. But like Moreno is my guy. Moreno is the heart of Mexico. You ask a lot of these Mexican, who's the fighter they, they actually care about, watch all that. It isn't Raul Rosas. It isn't Henry Cejudo. It isn't fucking Yair. Maybe you know, they, they fuck with Yair. But Moreno is the heart and soul of Mexican fighters. And I'm going to ride with my guy. And they not watch Alexa Grasso? Oh, they fuck with Alexa Grasso too. They do. I forget. But she's been inactive too. I haven't seen her in a little hot minute. Her last fight, her last two fights against Shevchenko. That's true. I mean, you're allowed to take a break with that. But before we get out of here, I want to go back to um, T-City, Ortega. These are both, like, Mexican-American, so, like. No, I think you're from Mexico. Or Ortega's oh. for sure Mexican-American. So this is about Mexican versus Mexican-American. Mexican-American. I definitely yeah, I mean, got you on this one. Cause Yair be training in the Mayan temples and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Yair's from uh, Parad, Chihuahua, Mexico. Yeah, so yeah, I'm definitely taking Yair on this one. Mexican versus Mexican American, man, they might boo Ortega out the building. <laughs> I mean, still a good us. card. I can't wait to come back for this recap because, like, these are some of like some of the. These are some big fights, I feel like. There's not a pay-per-view, and that's why I fucking love the UFC, because they can put big fights on a fight night, and it, how many, any, anyone can watch it. How many How many um, sombreros are we going to see? Is that a bet? Is there a bet out there for that? There's oh, my God, that. bro. There's going to be sombrero galore. You're going to see a lot of sombreros, and I feel like the sombreros are going to be more of like the tourists or people coming in. We're going to see a lot of cowboy hats, and the cowboy hats are going to be the real rancheros, the real Mexicans. And then what about the punchers? Probably a few of those. I, think I, can't, wait see, I can't wait to see the entrances some of these people. Because, like, I feel like Raul's going to have – one of them's going to have – I feel like it might be Raul, but I feel like one of them's going to have, like, a live Marachi band there walking them out type shit. Like, it's going to be it's gonna be a whole vibe. 
Oh, that would be fine. And that doesn't even sound expensive. But I doubt babies like that, though. But we'll see, man. But, yeah, it's going to be a good one, man. Yes, sir. Can't wait to catch y'all on the recap. We made our picks. Now y'all got to do the same down in the comments section. And as well, like it while you're there. I'm one half of the show. Paul, pick a winner. Join with the other half. Kevin, water boy, Savoy. But another episode of Totally Blitz podcast, breaking down UFC Mexico. And as always, if y'all didn't know, well, now y'all know, motherfuckers.